1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. Brought to you by Screen X, exclusively at Market Ridge Cinema in New Berlin. Screen X provides moviegoers with a 270-degree viewing experience. Immerse yourself in the breathtaking visuals at Marcus Ridge Cinema's Screen X in New Berlin. Get your tickets at MarcusTheaters.com. Time for Music Roundup with our music guy, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you? You got that hoodie all washed for Sunday's game? No, you don't wash it. Not yet. The underwear, the, the underwear and the socks get washed. The hoodie, the hoodie doesn't get washed till the season's over. Got to leave all the victory on it. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. So you just came home from the game last week that the yep. Lions won. Totally right. Knocked off the Buccaneers. Yep. Waited for my voice to come back. Waited and, for your uh, voice to come back and hung the just hung the hoodie up back in the, the closet. Might, might have been in the garage just just because. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. But everything else will be washed and ready, and uh, and you know the, the city is psyched. You, you guys know what what this is like. Uh, Green, Green Bay has a heritage of that. Yeah, uh, you know Detroit. Detroit gets it once every every lunar uh, eclipse. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about your chances in San Francisco? I like, I like the matchup. I, I think it's it's a good competitive matchup. So you know, I, I do think I do think they have a legitimate shot here. If Detroit wins, that uh, Goff Stafford trade worked out for everybody. I, I think I, I would almost argue it, it already has. Yeah. Given, given that, given that the Lions have not been where they are for so true. Long. Stafford never got him to a championship game, exactly. so maybe yeah, he got him into the play. Reason. He got him into the playoffs. But it would really long. be. A great trade if oh. they both won Super Bowls. If they both won Super exactly. Bowls, that would be like, well, that's the best trade of all time then, right? Even at the Red Wings game last night, even at the hockey game, they were doing the Jared Goff chant. Oh, really? And that guy's nowhere, and you know, he does not have a pair of skates on, and he's nowhere in sight, but... Uh, but you know, I mean, that that's been one of the nicest things to see in this whole thing is is him getting getting his due. I think if you can get Brock Purdy to play the same way against the Lions <laughs> that he played against the Packers, we would love that. You will win because he gave the Packers opportunity for tu- for turnovers; they just missed him. But he that's did all. right. Right. So it was, it was so close. If and Brock we, Purdy is Brock Purdy, you're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, we hope. Yeah. We hope, and then this place will, will just lose its mind. And the only thing I'll get out of the Lions going to the Super Bowl is then I can look at Vikings fans, and and you have to win the Super Bowl, too, so I can say, right. so now you're the only team that hasn't won a Super Bowl. What are you waiting for? Exactly. In our division, I should say. In our division. And that's all I can hope to gain from that because okay. I'm not Every really little, a, Any I'm, little thing. I'm not a Lions. The Lions winning would make it easier to – Make Rub fun of the Vikings. Vikings noses yeah. in it, right? So, and I do dislike Vikings fans more than I dislike Lions fans. Yeah. Lions fans are okay. So, uh, let's they are. Not. <laughs> <laughs> they are. We're a friendly bunch. It's true. You are. We were at a Packer Lion game. I think we told you this years ago when it was uh, in the Silver Dome, and we were in Toledo, uh-huh. and the Packers were behind. The Lions were leading with about two minutes to go, and we we're like, "Well, that's it. We're not going to win." And Lions fans sitting around us said, oh, no, don't worry. You're going to win. Yeah, this what? isn't over. Yeah. Don't worry about it. 
That's, that's, the mark like, of a, that's the mark of a true lion. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like, yeah, wow, there's other people like this out there. That's why there's nobody other, knows what to do right other now. Other tribes, yeah. They're, it's not, like, they're not doing, like, you know, even the last two playoff games, you know, other Lions teams would have lost those. Yeah, I and, wonder if and, they wonder if they looked at us before they said that and thought, oh, we have to let them know they're, they're worrying well, for yeah, no cause reason. Because Detroit fans are nice. <laughs> they were very pleasant. They were yeah. very nice. Yeah, I'll say that. Uh, what's this deal with uh, David Lee Roth and the uh, the weird rant yeah, about Wolfgang Van Halen? Yeah, I mean, Roth and weird kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, he's it doesn't take much for him to go off on something. So this week... Um, in this weird YouTube rant that he entitled, uh, it was This Crazy Kid, which he changed from This Effing Kid. Um, he just goes off on Wolfgang about how, oh, you know, this kid, he complained that I wasn't paying enough attention to him on stage and on tour and this and that, and then he accused Wolfgang of kicking some of Ross dates out of the venues that they were playing at, you know, just in spite. And it, it's just... You try to follow it. You know, he calls him Les Lamiel. Uh you, you try to follow it, and it's hard. It's hard to even even make it through. And this is after Wolfgang, you know, had come out and said that he has a cordial relationship with David Lee Roth, which apparently is not is only shared by one of them. Um, but just the, the strangest thing, and yeah, it's like, dude, where a where does this come from? Why is it necessary? And, but that's David Lee Roth. I mean, he's a kook, and we all know this. <laughs> but he's just he's just being David Lee Roth kooky. Well, you don't know the trigger, really? Just no, kinda... I can't figure out what a trigger was. Because the only things Wolfgang has ever said about him, David Lee Roth recently has been nice. Yeah. It's not like Sammy talking about David Lee, you know, which, which, tend, which tends to, you know, it always starts nice, and then it tends to devolve into what he really right, It's thinks. like Sammy intends to be nice when he starts talking about Dave, and then he thinks about it, he goes, that guy's an ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, it, yeah, so. so I don't know what set him off about Wolfgang, but, yeah, come on. And especially since any of the stuff he's talking about was years and years ago at this point. The kid was, what, 17? You know when they were when they were first out together in Van Halen, so it doesn't seem like there was any any cause or need for this. <laughs> We've got some uh, some releases this week: Billy Joel and Justin Timberlake. Yeah, Billy Joel. So this is going to be Billy Joel's first single in you know feels like forever. It's actually since what two thousand and. Uh, now I have to uh, remember when he when he put out the song for Katie Lee, which you know that didn't that didn't last real long. But so he's got this uh, he's got this new song coming out called "Turn the Lights Back On," appropriately enough. First song in 17 years since uh, Christmas in Fallujah, and then earlier that year he did another song for his then wife Katie Lee. Uh, Billy wrote this with three other people, which is unusual. He, he usually just does it uh, by himself, and it's going to come out on February 1st, so next Thursday, and then he's going to play it on the Grammy Awards uh, the following Sunday. So he's not talking about a new album or anything like that, but it, it's a new song. And uh, who know, you know, who, who know, he hasn't said yet what inspired it or why now. I expect, because he's got these two young daughters, and he's been taking them to see Taylor Swift, and they went to see Olivia Rodrigo, and I suspect the girls are looking at him and saying, Dad, how come you don't put our records out? 
But at this point, it's just a song, not an album, That's right? Correct. Well, done correct. doing that. And oh, no, wait, no, no even discussion about an album. Hmm. So this could be an excuse to put out another Greatest Hits album so you can get the new song on an, an, an album, but, but no talk about an, an album or even more songs. All right, what's the deal with the Timberlake piece? Uh, well, this is, yeah, this is, we finally know what's been going on after he did all the teasing and everything and social media. He has a new single, uh, new single out this week called Selfish, and then he announced a new album, Everything I Thought I Was, which is coming out on May 15th. After that, he will begin a, a worldwide tour. It's called the Forget Tomorrow Tour. I tickets will go on sale a week from today. Um, it does kick off on April 29th in Vancouver. Closest it comes to Milwaukee is Chicago on June 21st, but they say they're going to add more dates. And he told Jimmy Fallon the other night that he had actually written 100 songs during, you know, during the interim since its last album, uh, but obviously cut it down to 18 for the new album. Not that the other ones couldn't turn up later on. Exactly. And he's on Saturday Night Live this week. Yeah, Did you that's mention right. that? He'll be on Saturday night, so so we'll get to hear get to hear the new song, maybe get to hear another new song or uh, I'm betting the second performance will be one of the hits. All right, how about the Grammys? Uh Grammy, yeah, Grammys have announced a few new people besides besides uh, Billy Joel. I know that uh, Burna Boy is going to be among them. Um Billy Eilish, uh, I wish Olivia Rodrigo do a Lupa are going to be are going to be part of the show this year. Uh, they're still you know still in formation. They it's usually in the the weeks or a couple of weeks you know where it's coming up that that they tell you who all is going to be on the Grammys. So is it know. a uh, Kurt Cobain rich season suddenly because we got uh, what the uh, autopsy report? Some guys out there shilling that this is uh, oh yeah yeah trying to sell it. And then an opera? Well, an opera, yes, an, an, an opera. Uh, it's already actually, so this is an opera. It's based on the film The Last Days, you know, which was a documentary about it. And uh, it is already shown in, in, in London in 2022. Now it's going to come to the U.S. starts February 6th at the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's, and nobody, we don't know where it's going to run from there. But and it's a fictionalized story. It's about another musician called Blake who escapes a rehab facility and takes his own life. So you know, the last days was was you know that was Gus Van Zandt, the direct was the director, and that was also based on the Kurt Cobain story. So it's not necessarily a bio opera, as you'd call it, but uh, but it is it is very much about Kurt Cobain. And an opera, no less. An opera, yes. That not means a, there's no talking, right? right? It's all yeah. It's not, an, it's not an Ita- it's not an Italian though. It's not is, okay. It is in English. Not a musical where they talk and then break Correct. into song. It's an, opera. it's an opera. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Madonna says, uh, "Oh, here's my excuse for showing up late my whole life." Yeah, now Madonna says, "Here's my middle finger to these guys who uh, who are suing her." Madonna and Live Nation, in fact, they are they are saying they intend to defend the lawsuit vigorously. They, of course, were sued by two fans in New York saying that the her her going on at 10.30 for a show that was advertised to start at 8 constituted false advertising, negligent misrepresentation, and unfair and deceptive trade practices according to the laws of New York. 
um, Madonna and, and La Nation are firing back, saying, "Well, and this was this was for the opening night show in Brooklyn. That well, we had a technical difficulty, which is what pushed the show back the two hours." And you know, and, <laughs> well, you what's know, your excuse? To and that's life. Well, that's it. That, that's going to be the chink in the armor of this defense. Is but wait a minute, you go and you have a technical issue every night that you have to go on at ten thirty. So I, I still think it's a long shot case. For the plaintiffs, really? Um, well, because she is well known and well documented to be a habitual late starter. So if I'm going to a Madonna show, I'm a big enough fan to buy a ticket, but I'm upset enough to sue her. And you've got to be torn at some point, right? Maybe you're just a fan of going out and doing things. Maybe, or you're a Madonna fan, but you felt done wrong by Madge. Yeah, and maybe you know, you're kind of a Madonna fan. But you're more of an on-time fan. Well, I'll <laughs> yeah. watch Madonna, but I'm not staying all night to watch Madonna. If you're, if you're a real Madonna fan, you know what you're getting into when you buy the ticket. Much like being a Neil Young fan or a Bob Dylan fan. You know, it's buyer beware. And in, in the case of Madonna, you absolutely know that she's going to start late. And, that, you know, and that's, what, that's what the real defense hmm. is here, is that, okay, yeah, we say 8.30, but guys, you know, she's been doing this for more than a decade. But that isn't the that defense way. that the Madonna team is going to mount, right? They're going to say technical difficulties. Well, we'll see what they mount. I mean, I can't uh. imagine they're not going to go in and say, don't you guys know, you know, are you completely oblivious <laughs> to her habit of uh-huh. going on late? And, I understand you know, 10 they, or 15 minutes late. You know, it's like it says 8 o'clock, oh, it's, it's 8.15 when the show starts, but 10 o'clock when it says yeah. 8 o'clock. That's and why make thousands lovely. of people adjust their schedule? Why not you well, know, tell Madonna the, the show is at the uh, sociopath? Because she's Madonna, bitch. Yeah, yeah, right. That's yes. why uh, <laughs> it goes that way. That's a song title right. for those who those who don't know, but uh, it is unconscionable. And I'll even give you a half hour late, 45 minutes. You know, it's pushing it, but... Molly but Hatchett was drunk when they hit the stage when I saw them, and they were on time. They were on time. Most fans... Most <laughs> fans got drunk right away and right. got out there. Right. Most, most, most artists are on time. You know, it's the Madonnas, the Beyonce's, uh, you know, those, those are the ones that make people wait. Who knows for what reason? Uh, the Melanie story. Melanie, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we, we lost another one this week on this case, Melanie, Melanie Sofka, who you know from Brand New Key, Lay Down Candles in the Rain. And that well, is all I know about her. I, that's, that's it. I saw the name of that yeah. song, and I thought it was, I Got a Brand New Roller Skate. Yeah, it's not so Roller Skate. So I saw skate, brand, new brand New Key. New key. I had to look it up, and I saw the lyrics, and uh, said, oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the song you're thinking of. So according to her, her children posted a message, uh, Melanie passed away this week, uh, died at the age of 76. Did not say what the cause was, but we're led to believe it was, you know, it was age-appropriate. You know, wasn't a rock star uh, death necessarily. And, you know, it's funny we talk about her as, if you will, a two-hit wonder. But, you know, she did have a body of work, and she was in the folk community especially, even before the two songs we know started to get, you know, real airplay. Uh, she was well known and well regarded. You know, you don't get you don't get thrown on stage at Woodstock in nineteen sixty nine if nobody knows who you are, unless you're Santana and you're playing at the beginning of the day, but in Melanie's case she was on in prime time. So, you know, she was a real a real figure in that scene. Yeah, because 
aside from brand new key, I, I just You've remember heard the other how. One. I, yeah. Yeah. The, you just Listen don't know is. the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has she has one of her third album, which is the Candles in the Rain album, has all the big hits. Right. Um, the one to go get. I was reading a piece on her after I saw that she had passed away in 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 an interview years a few years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. She said that Brand New Key was the like her the bane of her existence. Oh yeah, because she had to sing it. In, yeah, it's a no, it was a novelty song. Yeah, and you know it was it, actually a blues song that she sped up. She said yeah. it was supposed to be much slower. It was like a yeah. bluesy thing, hmm. and she sped it up, and it was like was this is was it uh, um. A, a song for kids or was there a double entendre or nobody really knew but it yeah. was yeah. and i don't think she even really knew because it was the 60s and she said she know, nobody exactly knew what, their, motiva- yeah. what yeah. their motivations were at the time so uh also the guy who gave us and this is all right with all due respect to melanie this one's i think more fun the guy who gave us millie vanilli <laughs> the guy who who said just lip sync and dance you guys don't don't try and sing that guy. Hey, yeah, this this was the uh, the producer Frank Farian. <laughs> right. Um, actually, and he he was the weird figure in the Millie Vanilli story. First of all, uh, you know, German born, worked in Europe, was part of the whole Euro disco electronic scene. Uh, you know, he was he had his you know he had his own he was an artist you know in his own right had had his own band Boney M. Which was which was big in the seventies on the disco scene, and you know he was basically a producer and a songwriter. He made the record. He was complicit in creating Millie Vanilli, and and what they were. But you know, in terms of the music, like if if that out, I don't know if you could say if it came out now, but I would think if Girl, You Know It's True came out now, without the pretense, without the fakery, it'd probably do pretty well. What? The guy created a really good pop album. What makes Millie Vanilli okay? There was the Archies, and we knew that that, well, yeah, that they the Archie cartoon. wasn't singing it. All right? right. So what's the difference? You you got a record that was the song you liked. It was just two dudes were dancing around and lip syncing to it. What? But they because they traded on you know they you know the Archies like you say it was obvious. Millie Vanilli, they tried to make us believe that it was these guys. Yeah, and, par- and I, okay. it was not, and they got the the best new artist Grammy award. What about the Partridge Family? Tracy didn't sing or play tambourine. She Chris played didn't tambourine. play drums. She played tambourine. <laughs> um, you know, but David Cassidy was singing. Shirley Jones was singing. You know that that was kind of, that was okay. kind of in between the Archies and Millie Vanilli. All right. But they all but got to keep plenty up. of artists lip sync now uh, in shows and well sure sure but when they go into the recording studio you know you're still seeing like listen Madonna a lot of a Madonna show is on tape but she's the one who sang the song yeah. she recorded it didn't they uh, the uh, didn't Millie and Vanilli weren't they led to believe that they were that they went into a studio and sang right and right, then they yeah. just plastered over it and mixed them down and got rid of them. But exactly. They thought they were on the album, right? They, they did. They did until they allowed themselves to believe the truth. I guess. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're the person who sang it and you listen to that album, you know, you probably know that's not me. Everybody got to keep their money, though, right? Nobody had to give any money back. No, nobody, nobody yeah. took that. The Grammys had anything. to go back, I think. The Grammy had to go back. Yeah. And they won some other awards that went back. Yeah. Uh, bon Jovi. Yeah, we're going to get a, uh, so this is the, this year's the 40th anniversary 
of the first Bon Jovi album, which was a John Bon Jovi album, really. not He didn't form the group until after he recorded the album. But there's going to be a deluxe edition of that coming out in March. And then coming in April will be Thank You, Good Night, The Bon Jovi Story, a four-part docuseries that will be on Hulu. And it's done with you know Bon Jovi's cooperation, you know John Bon Jovi, members of the band, Richie Zambora, you know, other folks he worked with. It's just going to be an intensive deep dive into the the very earliest days of Bon Jovi. Did you say how many parts it was? Four. Four. four yeah. Yeah. Four. Does that That's mean four seen, hours, or could that be four ninety-minute episodes? Or I, th- I think it's four hours. I think it's four-hour-long episodes. You know they haven't they haven't said that it won't be long enough for your real Bon Jovi fans. It just won't be. Well, that's also you know how much will it will it look at what came after that first album? You know, I think the the Bon Jovi documentary people want you know includes Slippery When Wet and New Jersey and Living on a Prayer and and all the other stuff. Whereas supposedly this is really focused on the very beginning. I want to see all the infighting in the band because they were they always said we're a Jersey band, we settle things, but then we don't talk about them in public. Right, and this time they probably will. So I want to hear all about that in the documentary, see yeah. how much they're willing to talk about now. And I don't think there's going to be, I don't think, you know, the, the issues are not going to be huge. I, I think we may find ourselves disappointed. Yeah, there were creative, there were creative conflicts, but uh, you know, I, I, we'll see. We'll find out how tawdry it really was. All right, we're out of time, but I do, I do want you to tell us about this Ellie King debacle in oh, in Nashville oh, because we had oh, it in showbiz earlier this week. Oh, uh, you know, Ellie, 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 you just, you know, first of all, you don't go to the mother church, which is what they call the Grand Old Opry. You don't go to the mother church and disrespect it. You don't go unless to you're Johnny Cash or unless you're Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> they, was, yeah. they disrespected it respectfully. And, <laughs> and, and, but this is an interesting issue. So Hank you know, Williams got L blown King, out there. L King shows up drunk to honor Dolly Parton, and even tells the audience she's hammered. And now she's facing this huge backlash and has had to postpone four concerts that are coming up. No, but nobody's saying why, but. You know, certainly we can, you know, we can speculate. But of all people, Dolly Parton's younger sister, Stella, did make an interesting observation, much like you brought up, that, yeah, it's okay to be a hillbilly and show up drunk at the Grand Old Opry and swear your head off if you're a guy. Yeah, it's happened before. As soon as this woman does it, you know, she gets hammered for it. Well, hold on. Now, if you're... Hammered and swearing and kicking out the footlights and falling off the stage, and it's just your concert, okay. But you know it's a tribute to Dolly Parton, so aren't at, you supposed to at the Ryman just to be would, respectful to Dolly Parton? Wouldn't you? That was that was certainly part of it, and also it's a different time. We all hate the word woke, but it's a more aware time right now, and these kind of things are not tolerated like they were when Johnny Cash behaved badly or Waylon Jennings <laughs> okay. behaved badly. That was back then. That was part of the act. Now, falling down. Now, now it's not, but <laughs> I think you have, a, you have a good point, too, that because this was a tribute to somebody who's beloved and even more beloved today than she's ever been, it, it kind of rang. It was, it was a poor look. Well, she was 
making up the lyrics to the Dolly song she was oh. supposed to be singing. To. Yeah, oh yeah, that's not, that's her, her head off. You know, it was just it was it was ugly. I've seen some of the YouTube footage, and it was it was cringy. I almost, so what will happen to her then? Now nothing. Superstardom. It'll it, yeah. No, it'll it'll blow over, and she'll go she'll go back to doing what she what she was going to do. Because have any of those bands from the Ryman really stuck? Any what? Oh, being banned from the Ryman. Yeah. Oh, um, um, no, Johnny really. Cash. There's a tribute to Johnny Cash in the Ryman. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a huge they, they, there's like, a picture of him kicking out the footlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that those bands don't really. You know, they're they're there for a while, and then and then they, you know, Nashville of of all places loves a good retribution story. So you can expect to see El King back on stage there. Probably before the end of the year. Sure. To do, sure. To do Another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Nashville is getting upset about this because Dolly's too nice to get mad well, it's about. The Dolly. It. It's the Dolly thing. Right. There. We'll get mad for you, Dolly. You don't have to do this. We, exactly. Because Dolly would be over it in 30 seconds. All right, Gary. We're out of time. All right. You guys have a great weekend. All right. Are you going to sleep between now and the game on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. We will. Really? All <laughs> yeah. right. Well, good luck there's, with there's that. Con- there's concerts to cover. I tend to sleep after. That. All right. All right. Thanks, Gary. Gary. We'll talk to you next week. For sure. 820. Bye-bye. Gary Graff, our music guy.